This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new weekly Get West London podcast on all things Brentford, the Ealing Road Buzz. My name is Robert Wallow. I'm joined here today by our digital club writer for Brentford, Tom Moore. Hi Tom. Good morning. Now we'll be bringing you all the latest news, views and reactions from the Bees each week. And this week there's really only one place we can start, that thrilling win at Deepdale against Preston on Saturday. So Tom, you were there. What a result for the Bees. Can you talk us through it? It was a fantastic performance and showed a great character from the side. I mean... They had three major setbacks in the course of the game. Obviously, when they go one nil up to uh, lose that lead just before half time, that was a blow. But then seconds later, to see Nico Inaris knocked unconscious, that was a, an even bigger blow. I think he's been brilliant for the club this season. And to see a key player who's captain the side as well, that was a really big blow. So then to go two one up and then see that. 2-1 lead get turned into a 2-2, that could have been another blow and given Preston the momentum to go and uh, win the game, but uh, Brentford hit back almost straight away with a great, great team move that was finished off by Ollie Watkins to uh, to get a 3-2 win and uh, come back from the northwest with another three points. How significant do you feel that those three points could be for Brentford? I think um, that they're certainly uh, very significant, but then it's three points for, for every game. I think they'll feel they were definitely in a battle. Preston were one of the best sides I've seen this season, to be to be fair to them. I think early in the season, Brentford were playing well, but not getting their awards. I think Brentford deserved the win, largely through the midfield play they had. They were very, they seemed to have won that midfield battle. Kamo Makocho remained Sawyers when he came on for Nico, Ryan Woods. They, they all had very good games, and that really was the importance of, of that performance and I think now they feel as if the results are coming, confidence is uh, flowing a lot more and at the end of the day they're six points clear of the relegation zone but also six points off the playoffs so it's an easy one really, you have to look up rather than down and uh, that that's certainly the, uh, the mood in the camp and certainly they now feel that they can mix it having drawn at Middlesbrough where they've had a bit of a hoodoo in there recent years to get these points where people may not necessarily have expected them on the balance of how the season's gone. I think now that the fans and the players are starting to believe that they can win any game at any time. I mean, they are 18th in the league, but they're on a good unbeaten run, aren't they? At the moment? Seven games unbeaten, I think. Seven games unbeaten. The only side that's on a longer run is Manchester City, and I think we can pretty much call them a even at this early stage from how they're playing the champions elect of the country so uh, it shows that they, they're now not losing games that they're finding a way to lose at the start of the season and now 
now they've uh, got getting those wins. It it was sort of where they weren't, where they should have won. They were drawing, sometimes losing. Now they're getting more points than maybe certainly Preston fans might have felt they deserved a draw on on balance of the whole ninety minutes. So now Brentford are getting that the wins where they weren't necessarily getting the awards earlier this season. It, I've always felt this is a good side and they were just by and large unlucky and uh, now they're getting those results and that's uh, and that's starting to show as they start to climb the league. I guess that's the important thing. They've got to try and turn draws into victories because it's, it's all well and good being unbeaten but if you've got you know four or five draws in, in that run it, you're not going to move up the table if you've got those. I mean, it, it all depends on on the on the draws. I think uh, with a lot of the draws in this unbeaten run, you had Middlesbrough and Derby. Well, I think they probably felt as if they could have won both both of those. Certainly against Derby, it was attack versus defence for the best part of ninety minutes. Against Middlesbrough, they it was a vintage away performance. I think up there, and they showed great character, having lost Rico Henry to a serious knee injury in the first half. They had. Jan Barbe and Chris Meppen making his first league start as well there. They they felt they could have won that. I think the, the disappointing result in a way in this, in this unbeaten run was Sunderland. They gifted them a 3-1 lead and that really shouldn't have happened. That was a game Sunderland were there for the taking and it's no surprise they're down at the bottom of the league because they, they just looked a poor side and that's the one where they would really see it as two points dropped. You shouldn't be scoring three goals at home and uh, coming away with uh, just a point. I guess the positives are that they are scoring goals at the moment. I've seen the last two games, three in each of them and, and in, in this run they, they've, you know, they've, they've been very been fine the net. It's obviously keeping them out at the other end. Yes, um, uh, they, is when they weren't winning they weren't scoring the goals and the amount of times I was writing missed chances was... Was it was I was trying to find uh, different ways of saying the exact same thing uh, to try and keep it fresh. When it almost felt as if I could just copy and paste, change the uh, change the change the names, uh, the relevant names, and uh, move on from there. Now they are scoring goals. They just need to uh, keep keep them out at the back. I think uh, they weren't necessarily happy with the goals they conceded. They probably could have done better with them. I think in a way you could almost look at Preston's second equaliser that sort of galvanised them a bit to push forward a bit more because they were on the back foot before Preston got that second equaliser and it almost galvanised them to go on and get that third and, and win the game but they do need to try and keep a few more clean sheets. I mean the 1-0 win over Millwall was a very hard-fought, gritty win that they almost needed to do. They needed to grind out one of those 1-0s because obviously before then the only win was a a 3-0 win at Bolton thanks to uh, three wonder goals. Mm. Obviously, you, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Nico Yanaris, you know, is it his injury on Saturday? I guess with Rico Henry out as well, is, a, is that a bit of a concern for Brentford? I think uh, the, the pleasing thing is that um, Nico Yanaris is alright. He was obviously knocked unconscious and I think, by the way I understand concussion rules, that will rule him out for the Birmingham game and potentially Saturday's game would lead, but I seem to recall Henrik Dalsgaard being on the bench a week after he was knocked unconscious at Sheffield Wednesday, so I wouldn't entirely rule him out against Leeds, but I'm not expecting him to uh, play a part at St Andrews, and he'll, he'll be a loss for that game. I think with Rico, he's a, he's a talented, talented left-back, and uh, can really uh, perform at 
championship level and certainly a player that I would not be surprised to see playing in the Premier League. I always remember reading an interview with uh, Tim Sherwood when he was in charge of Aston Villa and he would have pretty much signed him on the spot from what he saw from him in a friendly against Walsall. He was that impressed and while Tim Sherwood gets a lot of flack for, as a manager, he's, he was the one that sort of put a, a lot of faith in the likes of Harry Kane so he can still spot a young player and someone like him is a fan I think we we all know how good a player Rico is and fingers crossed he'll come back next year uh, stronger for it and uh, can uh, can hit the heights that he has previously uh, reached at the club and obviously previously at Walsall You were obviously there on Saturday and, and you, you've been at games even, even though I know you had a, a short break yourself for the, a couple of weeks ago you, you were still at those games what, what's the mood been like among the fans I mean as, as we mentioned seven games unbeaten but yet Brentford is still in the bottom half. I think it was more because of the uh, awkward start. I think uh, some of the fans were getting frustrated after the after August not getting the wins and certainly getting into September. You, you when you get into the back end of September and you've not won, it's frustrating. I think uh, there was a lot of frustration at the start, and I think that was a sort of the word that sort of summed up the first two months. I think. Brentford fans are starting to feel happier with the way things are going. Obviously, results make a difference. There was obviously Matthew Benham wasn't happy when the fans were sort of getting on the players' backs during uh, the one-all draw against Derby. And I think there was a mix of people who are too quick to criticise. And I, I certainly know from seeing social media that if one player dares to misplace a pass, is that all of a sudden they're rubbish, get them out. I don't think that's beside of it's necessary. I could understand sort of some of the fans sort of going, come on, shoot, when Brentford had the ball around the edge of the Derby box in that particular area. I think that more stemmed from them wanting to see their side perform well and get the win. And certainly I think the fans can play a big part as well. I think the atmosphere having sort of stood on the terrace for the Mill and Sunderland games, I feel it could it could be better, certainly at home, but away from home, the... Uh, Brentford fans that travelled to Preston certainly made their voices heard. That was all I could pretty much hear in the press box. And they really, I think, in a way, they, they almost deserve the uh, assist for the uh, Roddy Watkins' goal just as much as Florian Josephson because even though Preston had pegged it back to 2-2, they kept singing and they kept encouraging the team. And I think to a point uh, that they, they almost deserve the assist for, for, that, for that winner. And I guess it's it's sort of just a reward for for those fans making the long trip up to to see a result like that and performance, you know, and and to to get that win. I mean, it's I know from experience it's a long way up to Preston and back. It's a very long way up to Preston and back. Fortunately, it's uh, only one train and uh, you don't have to change. And uh, certainly, uh, Preston Station after the uh, last direct train back to London's gone is not the happiest of places. Having experienced that last year. So uh, thankfully it's only one train and it's a relatively quick journey by that. But obviously for those driving on the coach, you've got the M6 and I know there are problems for people getting up. And it, it's one that in a way some fans would look at as, oh, it's a long day. I mean, I left home at sort of half eight, eight half past eight, didn't get back until half 11, quarter to 12. So it's a long, it's a long day for everyone trying to uh, make that journey from... Uh, from West London to uh, Preston, but they, they got their just rewards. And in a way, I think, is because Brentford's having sort of played in League Two in the last 10 years, it's sort of those 
those games where almost you're in a way and everyone knows each other as well and you you're all there for the team as well and it, it, it's having a lot of the people that would have travelled to Preston were, would have been the ones that were making those long trips to Morecambe to Accrington on Tuesday nights I certainly remember those, that those uh, those Tuesday nights in February in 2009 that they were cold and losing at Morecambe and then getting a last minute equaliser against Accrington to go top of the league those were sorts of the nights that were Quite, quite special in a way when you've got that, that smaller away following but all of them getting behind the team and wanting to see them succeed that was certainly the thing that you saw up at Preston it was those diehard fans that think nothing of a, an early start I know one one Brentford fan I know he, he was on the half past seven train out of London and then, and then on the eight o'clock train back to London getting, getting back into West London gone midnight so it's a long day, but uh, it makes the journey a lot easier after a victory than a, than a defeat. And I've certainly done those long journeys to see, see a defeat. Certainly, for instance, that Blackburn game last year, to, to travel that way and when, when they lose, it's obviously a lot more difficult to speak to people afterwards. It's, you've obviously got to be a bit more sensitive and... It, and and sh- share the frustrations with the players and the man and the head coach. So it, ma- it makes that those journeys longer, and obviously you know that people are annoyed, and it's just a long journey home. So uh, it makes that journey home a lot quicker. Obviously, there's a, another journey coming up though on uh, on Wednesday night for Brentford, and uh, a few familiar faces that they like to come up against at Birmingham. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately Birmingham is a. Uh, one that only takes about an hour and a half on the train from London or a couple of hours if you take the uh, the Marlebone route and the cheaper route as well I'd say and certainly for anyone thinking of a, a trip to Birmingham is it might be worth looking at uh, going that way if you can get back that way as well or if you're staying overnight the Marlebone route to Birmingham is a, is, much, is a bit cheaper than going from Euston and it doesn't take much longer obviously um, Billy Reeves of BBC London was saying to Dean Smith on Saturday oh, it's a grudge match isn't it Dean Smith's going no it's like, it is oh, it's just another game no it isn't it's it's a game Brentford fans really want to win I think if you said to them at this moment in time who do you rather beat Brentford, uh, Birmingham QPR or Fulham Birmingham would be number one on the list purely for one reason because it's the next game I'm quite sure if you ask this at the start of the season it would be split more between QPR and Fulham but Right now, I think Brentford fans would love to beat Birmingham and, um, in a way, prove to the the three players that left, Maxine Collan, Hotter and Harley Dean, that uh, they didn't necessarily make the right move for footballing reasons. I mean, I think we all know that Birmingham and during Hay Redknapp's time in charge there were, were throwing a lot of money about in the transfer window and certainly you're a footballer if someone offers to... Uh, increase your wage by five times, you're, you're going to take it, as as is the case with Hotter. He's now on 40 grand a week. As that's my understanding. If you've got, and I believe he was on about eight grand a week at Brentford, it's a no-brainer if someone offered me five times more than my salary, current salary, I'd be on, on the move myself. So uh, I can't blame them in that, in that regard, but obviously it would be nice to stick one over them. And obviously Harley Dean made a couple of comments saying how uh, 
the current Birmingham team is 10 times better than the Brentford team that made the playoffs. As much as I like Harley as a person, I think uh, that is uh, not entirely true and I would entirely disagree with him on that front. I think uh, it's certainly one that's uh, rather supported and I'd certainly expect him to to get a fair bit of stick from the uh, travelling fans on, uh, on Wednesday night. What sort of reaction do you, obviously for Harley Dean he, he might get a little bit more more stick for those, those comments but for the likes of Hotter and, and Maxine Conan, what what do you expect for the, how do you expect the fans to react to them? I think um, I think obviously for someone like Hotter he was loved at Griffith Park he, uh, he became a cult hero and a, a legend in some people's eyes in November 2014 when he scored the last minute winner against Fulham um, he he is certainly a, he was certainly a popular figure at Brentford. I think there'll be I think the easy answer to say will be mixed. I think they they might get a round of applause before the game. Certainly a bit of more pantomime booing, shall we say, when they touch the ball. And certainly they would be uh, relishing it as if uh, Ollie Watkins, for instance, managed to uh, do what Otter did to former Brentford player Jake Bidwell now at QPR last year at Griffin Park and completely roast him and cut, cut inside to score and that would certainly uh, delight the Brentford fans to sort of get one over their, their former players and uh, pick, up, pick up the win and that really would be, it, it's the fans are, will be up for it, they'll certainly be keen to, uh, to stress that Birmingham might have taken the club's, three of the club's best players but uh, Brentford can still beat them so uh, it shows that Brentford still have a very good squad that was left because obviously when the three left it was like the reaction was oh are you just selling everyone and the actual matter of fact of it all was the club had actually replaced them at the start of the transfer window as there is as much as fans like to see it as players coming in is the good news as it were players coming in was first the bad news of players leaving was last if it had been the players left at the start of the window but Brentford then signed the players they did in the summer these, the reaction would have been much more different and it just shows how timing is everything I think and just to go back to say Hardy's comments making those comments I think in a way at best you could say they weren't exactly necessary it wasn't even the next game is they, they had a much bigger game as far as Birmingham fans against Aston Villa and I remember him when he joined, oh, I've joined the biggest club in Birmingham. And he should have probably been making a few more of those comments rather than uh, comments about uh, his former club. If he'd been saying that, he is, I think his intentions were to uh, get the fans on side, say the right things. I think maybe he chose uh, the, the wrong words in that regard. He probably should have been saying more about how Birmingham are bigger than Aston Villa. Not that I would agree with that viewpoint either. Is he probably should have been saying things like that rather than uh, talk, talking about his former club. Aside from obviously the the old boys playing against Brentford, it's actually a big game in the context of, of where the two sides are at the moment in the Championship. I know Birmingham obviously have had that change of manager and Steve Cottrell seems to have, well, Say have say he's had an impact. It's probably a bit premature, but he's you know they've had picked up a couple of results since he's taken charge. It, given where they both are, what sort of game are you expecting? I'm expecting Brentford to just go out and play their football. I'm quite sure Steve Cotter's side will uh, do, will play, play the way he he wants them to play. I think uh, 
in a way, given where both sides are in the league table at this current juncture, it's almost a flashback to the uh, early 90s where Brentford and Birmingham were pretty much at each other's throats, pushing for promotion, battling against relegation, certainly in the early 90s. And there, there was a rivalry in that sort of early 90s, which was event which culminated in 1995 when one team went up automatically when they uh, restructured the Premier League. That was Birmingham. Brentford finished second and subsequently lost in the playoffs as they have always done in their playoff history. So uh, there, is it, there's a bit of spice there and obviously there's also Lee Carsley who uh, was in charge at Brentford for a couple of months um, before Dean Smith took over in uh, 2015 and he, he, he'll probably get a good reception as well but he, he'll know a lot about how the way Brentford play, he'll know a lot about how how they do things So, but then at the same time Brentford will know how Steve Cross will look to play it as well so there'll be two sides that know a lot about the opposition so it'll be, I think it'll be quite an open game because that's pretty much how Brentford play, they'll look to attack, they'll look to impose their football onto Birmingham if they can do that, then they should probably get get the uh, three points. And given the, the run that, that's coming up for Brentford, I mean, obviously Birmingham on Wednesday night, and then they've got two tough games either side of the international break, haven't they? Leeds at home and Cardiff away. It's a, it, On paper, it looks, it looks an, a bit of a daunting run, given how those two teams are performing. Well, uh, every team in the Championship uh, can beat every other team in the Championship. We saw, to, to use Brentford's... Uh, near neighbours in QPR claiming a win over over Wolves who certainly were the best side I saw at Griffin Park earlier this season um, I think uh, Leeds were in the playoff positions when Brentford played them on uh, in April and absolutely outclassed them, they they won 2 now could easily have won by, by more and uh, they were the, by far the better side against them And uh, but it's a different season now it's a different team both sides have made changes. Obviously, Leeds made a lot of changes in the summer with uh, Gary Munt leaving and, and all that. So Le- Leeds will certainly be a tough game. And But it's at Griffin Park. It's also under the lights now. Sky have moved it to a neat Saturday evening game. And I'm not entirely thrilled about the timing of it, <laughs> but but what can you do on that score? But uh, no, and obviously, after the break, Cardiff... Everyone knows what Neil Warnock's sides are like. There'll be no surprises for them, but it will certainly be a tough game. And obviously, they play a, a different brand of football to other sides in the Championship, but it it's worked for them. And you could probably say, in some respects, that Neil Warnock is one of the best managers in the Championship, given his history. Certainly, history of the second tier. You can't look that you can you can make a very strong case for Neil Warnock to be the the best uh, second-tier manager in the uh, 21st century. And I think that's a fair fair argument. Obviously, there are other candidates as well for that matter. But certainly, looking ahead, I think it's just get through this week. Try and, if Brentford can get four points this week, that would be a good return. If, obviously, if they can get, well, having already picked up the three at Preston, so seven points from nine. Nine out of nine would be a superb return as well. Going into that break, you can relax a bit and I think Brentford had nine points from nine they would really be up in the top half of the table I think and it's still tight in the championship but lose those two then you're probably looking over your shoulder again so I think four points has to be the bare minimum for what Brentford get this week and then you 
you take a break look, and then look at Cardiff as the start of the big slog with Christmas period. You don't get another break until February, March time. Is it, it really is about this these next few days and then you can take stock again before the, the hard slog begins. Exactly. Well, it, it's uh, as always going to be competitive, I imagine, in the Championship and uh, we shall see how Brentford get on this week. But thanks for your time today, Tom. I think we'll, we'll end it there. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, our second Eating Road Buzz podcast. In the meantime, uh, all your Brentford news and reaction. And obviously, Tom will be there on uh, Wednesday night at St Andrews for all the, uh, the news from there. Go to getwestlondon.co.uk and we'll see you next week.